people. Welcome to a raw edition of the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the raw star, as some way may say, the Duke Russo. And I am joined by the other raw star, the divine voice himself, Henron. What's going on, man? What's going on, people? Yurt, I guess, is what we might have to say now instead of yeet. I don't know, um, but we got some yeetless Monday Night Raw action, but it was still very yeet worthy, in my opinion. What did you think about this episode? This this was indeed yeet worthy. We had a, a banger main event, a quote unquote five star match, as some may say, as as the kids like to say uh, in magazines these days. Apparently, you know. Um, some beautiful Drew character work going on. We had some nice tag action. It was it was a really well balanced raw. I would say you. Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as the show started, and then they were kind of lining up what we had going on this show. On paper, this looks like one of the better raw, like match wise, I should say, one of the better raws that at least on paper than we've had in a long while. So I was like, huh, this this should be a very fun show. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have any CM Punk promo action going on, uh, which I'm sure some people wanted. But at the same time, I feel like we got enough that you should have been satisfied regardless. Uh, it, it's not, it wasn't without its hiccups, and, and we'll get there when, when I have those grievances. I shall air them indeed. But we started off with the Scottish Warrior welcoming us to Monday Night Raw, something he doesn't get to do very often and he is cheered when he does so and you know he's he's still bitter about everything talking about oh you can do whatever you want and then you can come back to the company all these years later and be forgiven for anything these days and then we get cm punk chance he's like listen i could be talking about anybody i could be talking about anybody Starts going on about Jey Uso, you know, he he's uh, living rent-free in Ju- Drew's head all the time. Mentioned Sammy's name, and then, you know, how does this work in wrestling? You say somebody's name, and they just magically appear. So here is Sammy Zayn, his opponent for tonight. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm here, so you can say whatever you want to my face, actually. Drew goes on saying that Sammy deserved to be betrayed by the bloodline. He was their lapdog, and then he screwed him over. What do you expect? Sammy disagrees about all of this because at the end of the day, he got his redemption at WrestleMania, winning the titles. And, you know, ask Drew if he thinks he's made his family proud. Drew ain't having it. Get a ref. Now. Yeah, like, I knew we were having this match. And then they came out and talked, and I'm like, oh, I, I guess people just come out and talk before their matches now. Like, I guess that's just that's just a thing we're doing now. Um, the the fans have been behind Drew throughout this heel turn, and I get it. I'm I've been behind Drew throughout this heel turn. I've been wanting the heel turn. A big Drew fan, but you know, I guess technically you're not supposed to continue to cheer the guy. I guess he quote like ha, quote unquote has he gone heel? Like he's definitely been a heel for like. I don't know, a month, two months at this point, but he like they I guess they haven't gone all the way with it. I don't know. I th- I think there's going to be some stark change. I guess at the end of the episode we kind of get a taste of that, but we 
we had a taste of that before. He did the same thing earlier and he's still getting cheered and he's still hype. So are we going to need a change of music? Does he need to come out here with face paint on? Does he need to join the judgment day until we some eyeliner? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's still way too behind this guy for him to quote unquote, be a bad guy. Um, But I, I eventually, I think we will get a Drew CM Punk match. It, It felt like they were kind of egging that on. I don't know how CM Punk could go in the ring with this guy because Drew's just a fucking monster. So I don't really even know what kind of match we'd get from there. It probably would just be your classic Drew's beating his ass and then the crafty veteran ends up, you know, catching the advantage and sneaking a victory or something like that. That's probably, you know, the type of match we'd see, which eh, I don't think it'd be that bad. I feel like Punk could play that role pretty well. Regardless, Sammy does come out because. You know, Drew's talking about him, so he had to show up. Sammy had to talk a little bit, you know, but then we get right back right into the match because Drew's pissed. You know, you ain't going to talk about this man and his family like that. And this was more of a competitive match than I expected to see. I And I keep forgetting, like, Drew, I know he just beat Jay, right? But And I'm pretty sure he just beat the shit out of Sammy not too long ago as well. Like, I'm pretty sure we were just talking about Sammy getting murdered by this man. Or I don't know. I, I feel like I live in the Twilight Zone sometimes. But Sammy, the whole story of the match is he ends up tweaking his leg, you know, jumping off the top rope and ends up hurting it more when he tries to do his little reverse springboard leapfrog deal, which I don't even know why he does that because I'm pretty sure he had like a shoot injury like five years, five to 10 years ago, somewhere in that range, like legitimately. And he was on the shelf for a little bit for doing that move. But, you know, let's just continue to do it and let's make it a, 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 you know, a pretend injury. Okay. That's, I don't like, pretend injuries that are based in real injuries don't like that but i guess i guess we're gonna do it sammy was entertaining had a nice moonsault barricade nice tilt world ddt pretty good stuff you know he ended up hitting a blue thunder bomb at one point for a two count and drew was just beating this man's ass drew was just hitting shit that he doesn't normally hit he's the big man so he can kind of do what he wants you know throwing um power bombs and spine busters and shit it was great we had the the classic Hit going for the countdown kick. He hits the countdown. He gets countered. And then he actually hits the Claymore, quote unquote, out of nowhere to actually hit it for the victory. But it wasn't a true victory. Well, I guess it was a true victory, but it wasn't just based on the Claymore because Sammy had the injured leg. He was down. He was trying to hold on to the ref. And the ref's like talking to him and Sammy's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Drew hits him with a chop block to the injured leg. And then the ref gets in Drew's face. Like ref goes somewhere, bro. What do you like? I feel like that shouldn't happen because then like if anybody gets in my face, I'm going to hit him, but then I can't hit the ref because then I'm disqualified and I get fined. Why should he be allowed to get in my face? And then I'm going to get in trouble when I get in his face. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, talk shit, get hit as they say. I don't know, but I I kind of like the spot because the ref is like helping Sammy up, but then he doesn't call off the match. And then Drew just hits the Claymore and the ref's like, oh, let me get the fuck out of the way. And then the ref counts the pin. So I'm like, I guess you weren't that mad at the guy. So whatever. And as Drew said, I guess only one of them was walking out. So 
Yeah, so th- this is uh, enter enter two complaints here. Um the knee injury to Sammy just wasn't believable. You know what I mean? Like it it he landed fine, like he tried to play it up, but it was just like jumping down from the top rope and then and then doing the the leapfrog or whatever the other one was, but like it wasn't, I didn't really buy it. And then since fucking when does a ref care if they go in on an injured spot? The ref wasn't stopping the match last week for Kevin Owens when they broke his hand in the middle of the match. Like, I didn't like that. I thought it was really fucking weird, dude. 100% agree. Like, it ref, if you feel there's an issue, you stop the match. Period. If and not, th- that's what we said the match should be anyway. Like it should be so brutal that it's a ref stoppage. And I mean, that was the opportunity to do do so. It, they should have stopped the match when Sammy was down. He had to get helped up by the ref. The ref should have called for the bell. And then after the bell, Drew should have still been pissed. He should have chop blocked him and claymored him after the bell. I feel like that would have had more impact. Yeah, I I agree. And then we could have had like, you know, he he needs to get carted out or whatever or something like that so we we do end up backstage later on where jackie's trying to like check on sammy and then drew shows up to finish the beat down you know he takes sammy out saying oh you brought this on yourself and um as as many people on the internet have pointed out this is usually an angle that leads to an extended absence we saw it with aj styles we saw it with you know a handful of people uh, over many many years we've seen this angle done a lot so i thought like the, especially that they already went down that road it would have been better if they did it in the match you know like make it so that uh, you, you put Sammy's leg in a cast and have to, you know, carry him out of the arena or something like that. I I thought that would have been a little bit better than the way they went about it. Yeah, and dude, let me fucking bitch about this backstage segment. What do you mean? Oh yeah, Sammy's getting checked out by medical. He's just in the back. Like he's not even in the medical room. Who's this random guy? He could be security. He's not the doctor. What are you talking about? Like he has no equipment, no nothing. And then when Drew comes and Drew attacks him backstage, and then Adam Pierce is like, "Get me medical, bitch!" I thought he, I thought he just had medical. Was he not? (laughs) He just stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that that whole thing, and then you got Jay like checking in on him after the attack, and like, you get you get us. What what do I got to do? Who who do I got to beat down? Who's getting the eat down? And I was just like, this this whole thing is just chaos. Like, there were so many good things about tonight's RAW, but like, I would say that was a large part of the like, huh? What the hell is going on? Moments in this RAW. And and Jay, you know, we'll, we'll chime in on some of his other things throughout the evening. But he was like everywhere tonight. Like he was just all over the place. Like he just had like rest, restless leg syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't just be in his locker room with his headset on, like hyping himself up or whatever people do to get ready for a match. Like, no, nah, he was literally everywhere on this show. It was his night, Oos. It was his night, but, you know, not all the way. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got some other beef to set up for another match in this show. We had Byron, or as some like to say, Brian Saxon, backstage with Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Uh, you know, asking her about her upcoming match with Nia Jax. And she's just like, yo, I'm going to remind her who put her on the shelf with a broken arm. And I'm going to go a body part by a body part. Um, this, this ends up like chaining, right? So then we get another interview later with Becky and then Nia steps in and asks Byron to leave. And Becky's like, yo, we never finished our story. Finish this story. God, it's going to be such a meme for so long. Um, she's like, I still got the receipts. And I was like, yo, after I finish Shayna, I'm all yours. Uh, this this, this Shayna, Nia, Becky, quarrelsome. I mean, obviously, the, the Nia-Shayna thing is largely done after the match. But I guess, I guess Nia, Becky's after that. Yeah, and... I guess that's kind of what we were thinking because we were like, what the hell's Becky going to do? You know what I'm saying? And we're like, how are you on the same brand as Nia and you ain't try to get your lick back? So I, I guess it does make sense. Um, I did love when Nia stepped, I believe it was Nia stepped in and she called uh, Byron Barney because of the suit he was wearing. I'm sorry. I like that suit. I thought that that was kind of fresh, right? But <laughs> I did like the comment. And then they didn't give Zoe any any mic time. Shayna was like, I'm going to cut you off right there. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Shayna. I'm going to hurt her like I did last time. Time to fight. And then it wasn't time to fight. It was time to like do a whole bunch of random shit before the match, which, you know, she lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so to me, the number one thing that I take away from all of this is Naya's going to be around a lot long. Like she must have signed another contract or the reports that we heard in the beginning about a shorter term contract or whatever were all false because like we still need Nia Rhea and I still think we're going to get Nia Rhea, but now we're on Nia Becky. Now I don't think Nia Becky is going to be rumble. I think we're going to get it before then. And maybe, you know, I hope it's not a trilogy. It might be a trilogy. I don't know. We'll see. I I think we're going to get it before then. I don't think we're going to get it next week. I think maybe next week we'll get like an in-ring showdown where they talk shit to each other. And then, you know, maybe in two weeks we get the first match or something like that, right? Um, but Nia's going to be around for a bit. And, you know, like we've both said, this is the best Nia Jax I've ever seen, both in-ring and on the microphone and just character wise and everything. So, you know what? I'm happy about that. I I agree. Um, I will I will put a small caveat because this this episode of Monday Night Raw and the match performance that Nia gave us, there there were some flaws in the armor um that I was like, ooh, I don't like that at all, right? But I think we're going to get her and Becky getting into a little tiffy. I honestly think Nia is going to come out on top at first, and that's going to lead to Nia Rhea at the Rumble, but then that's going to lead to Becky getting her revenge, double revenge eventually. So, and then, you know, potentially skyrocketing Becky, you know, further into the main event scene. But Nia can't lose. And then move on to Rhea. She kind of has to beat Becky. So I'm interested to see where this Nia-Becky saga goes from here. 
Well, the the other thing too is there's a lot of talk and speculation that it's going to be Rhea Becky at WrestleMania. So, you know, maybe the winner of this moves on to Rhea, and then maybe maybe Nia never gets to Rhea, or maybe she doesn't get to Rhea right now. Maybe she gets to Rhea in a year, or you know, SummerSlam. I don't know, but um, I would say that Rhea Becky are on a trajectory to show down at. WrestleMania. So how we get there, I don't know. Maybe maybe Becky loses to Nia, and then Nia gets Rhea at the Rumble. Becky wins the Rumble, and then gets to WrestleMania or something like that. That's that's what I think. And honest, oh yeah, that's what I think. And what I'd like to see is, I'd like to see. You know, let's get a little couple weeks into this feud. Let's not just see them wrestle next week. Because I want to see Becky not get injured, but I want to see her lose to Nia in a way where it's like we kind of forget that she's going to be part of the Rumble, almost as if she's a surprise entrance and she ends up winning it. And then, you know, we can kind of go from there. I'd like to see something like that. My only concern with that is like, I don't I don't really want Becky on the shelf right now, because as far as like singles competitors go you know there's really nobody to like beef with Rhea aside from Nia and Becky so if we put Becky on the shelf like I I still feel you know Becky's not in that quote-unquote badass division but Rhea's run through that whole division Nia at this point has run through that entire division. And so without Becky, I just feel like it becomes even more separated. Like Becky, Becky adds so much more. And then also like I like a lot of those girls, but but like let's say Shayna and and Zoe, like they're not the greatest in segments or on a microphone. And Becky's hit or miss sometimes too, but like she she's a lot more guaranteed than those people are. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And but we know who Rhea's next victim is going to be. It's going to be Ivy Nile. So that should be well, interesting. Yeah, we we get that one teased a little bit. We don't get enough of that. That that'll be that'll be fun. Like that I don't I don't know that I would put Ivy right there right away. I think maybe I'd feed her to to Zoe or or Shayna first, you know? I I don't know. I'd I'd maybe work work her up to that a little bit, but it sounds like that's the trajectory we're on. Yeah, another thing I'm inter- interested to see how they get there cuz I don't even think we've seen her wrestle on the main roster shit we barely saw her wrestle on nxt so like i mean i get it she's swole as hell but you know you can't i mean i guess some. Well, people i just- i know how we're gonna get there so we're gonna get there because they're both gonna be ringside when mm-hmm. they do the belt match which i thought was fucking tonight did you think that was tonight i i had honestly i forgot that uh there was a tag championship match like in the works, to be honest. Yeah, after that tag turmoil and Creed come out as the number one contenders, and then I thought that was going to be on this night, but no, we got slighted. They they apparently win number one contender, but still have to work their way up to Judgment Day, which is fucking dumb. But 
when we get to that championship match, they'll both be ringside. Rhea will go to interfere. Ivy Nile will come over and like lift her above her head and smash her, and then that's going to be what how the beef starts. I I want to see Ivy maybe not throw Rhea, but throw Dirty Dom. I, everybody's going to love it, and that's going to piss off Rhea. Could probably have the same results, but you know I'm down with it. Yeah, I, I'm fine with either one of those. Um, before we get to some of our next segments, in between all this mess, um, in that weird build-up to that match, we had a, a long-ass main event Jay Uso vignette segment. Um, recaps his fall from the bloodline, his rise on Raw, goes way back in his career, back to the face paint. And he said, before all this shit, there was just me, Oos. And uh, warned Seth to watch out. He's hungry. I thought this was one of the best vignettes of like a career recap that we've had in a minute. I did, I did like it as well. I loved how he, he himself was saying it, you know, before, you know, the bloodline, before the face paint, before this, before that. It was just me, Ooze. Like, I like that. You bring it all the way back to what you are right now. I love that. It was, and it's something that we needed. You know, you need to hype up these matches throughout the night because it make it feel big. And I like that. Yeah. And this match was big. Uh, we go on to a backstage segment kind of building up another match that we have. It's, we got DIY plus Indy and Candice, which do they have a tag name? I mean, I don't know if they officially have one. They were known as, quote-unquote, The Way when it was Gargano, Indy, Candice, and Austin Theory. But I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think, honestly, I don't think any of these women's tag teams have tag team names. Also, where do witches at? Sorry. Yeah, well, we're going to get there because I... I that's, that's the other big negative I have on this show. Um but they're all backstage prepping for DIY's two out of three falls match with Imperium. And Imperium walk in the scene. DIY do the Imperium pose. Um, they, they go back and forth a little bit, but ultimately DIY and the gals leave the scene. And uh, we've got Kaiser sitting there telling Vinci, yo, you better, you better not mess this up for me. And uh, Vinci just smiles at him and says, you know, I, I, I hope you do too. I was like, ooh, Vinci, man. I, I, I like this version of Vinci we're getting. I like that they're letting him talk. Yeah, Vinci's coming along a little bit more. And a small thing that I noticed, was Kaiser wearing a different version or variant of his trunks? They normally have those matching Imperium trunks that are like all black with like a thin white line around it. And his were almost like a black and white. I don't want to say like camo print, but just like some type of like collage, you know, like cow stuff. It's like Louis Vuitton print type of thing. Because I feel like I've seen him like either do the Louis Vuitton style logo with the L and the K or some sort of like Michael Kors version of it. You know what I mean? Like one yeah. of those fashion-y logos in it. And it looked like that kind of print. Uh, I don't I don't recall seeing them before. And I did also notice that. And I noticed that they were different than Vinci's. Yeah, so I, you know, we've been talking about this Imperium train imploding. And I, I think this is just another hint towards that. You know, I think we're going to see a Kaiser singles run. I think Vinci is going to continue to be Gunther's 
little baby boy. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And then, you know, this leads us right into that two out of three falls match where uh, it wasn't very favorable for Imperium. Yeah, I, I guess they got the the early pinfall roll up with the tights. They seem to be on the same page, you know. Um, I believe it was Kaiser who was about to get hit with the meat in the middle, and Vinci, you know, pulls one of them outside so that he can get the roll up pin. And they seem to be on the same page, but you know, then it, then they just fell to the to the shits, right? Um, for like. I, I kind of like the way they set this match up as well because they switched it up. They let Ciampa take the beating, you know, a little bit more so in the beginning and let Gargano do his, you know, hot tag and comeback, which Gargano, I think, is kind of better at. You know, he's got the the slingshot spear. He's got his little rolling Enziguri shit, which I, I love that little rolling kick. I think it's very unique. He hits his little... I don't even know. Usually he puts him in the the Gargano lock or whatever the hell it's called when he does like the tilt twirl into like the face buster deal. I don't even know what the hell you call that shit. And he didn't hit the submission, but he just slammed him the fuck down. So it was that was nice as shit. We had a little bit of tag team. You know, they had um, one guy in the tree of woe. They hit the double drop kick. uh, Kaiser and Vinci did. But. You know, they eventually uh, they were about to hit their tag team finisher on Johnny, but uh, Champa steps in, counters it, and Johnny was able to roll him up, roll up Vinci for the one, two, three. Now, you know, Champa gets to do his thing. Um, Gargano hits a disgusting uh, DDT from a power bomb, which was nice. Champa hits a second rope white noise, which was gross. And then we get the same setup again. They're about to do a meet in the middle. Vinci comes to try to save him. But Vinci ends up failing, gets thrown into the stairs, and they end up hitting uh, Kaiser and getting the final pin, nailing the coffin on Kaiser. And Vinci's telling him at the end of the match, you know, you got to explain that to Gunther. Big Papa Gunther, as Maxine said, to him you know not i don't got to say that shit so and we kind of see a taste of that later yeah i was glad kaiser took the final pinfall here um i'm just not really a fan of kaiser man i just uh, i don't i don't care for the dude i i felt like you know i was watching an audition for the rest of his career when it comes to vinci in this like vinci went all out man the the moon yes. saw off the ropes like Vinci was really like deep in his bag in this one. Um, and he succeeded. Vinci's great, man. Like, especially if they give him some more personality, let him talk. Like, he's not tall, so I can't say he's the total package, right? But like, he's literally everything you'd want. Like, he's athletic, he can flip, he's strong, he can slam people, he's fast, he's willing to do shit. Like, he's the prototypical you know undercard wwe guy that you know you're looking for so great for him in my opinion as well yeah they just need to like actually give him a character you know because i feel like in this situation he doesn't and that's why i kind of don't want him to be you know gunther's baby boy as you said because i feel like that just 
that just continues that. You know what I mean? If the dude's Italian, you know, give give him uh, a kind of like a family like um, character or something. I don't know. Like just just figure it out with him. Yeah, I we don't see enough of the dude. I feel like to to be able to you know feel like where his character would end up be going. But somebody's had to have. And they kept calling him Geo. I don't know if they said Giovanni at all during the show. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but I heard Geo, Geo, Geo. So again, I feel like they're, we're seeing small things, but it's leading into big changes in the future. Uh, Samantha Irvin introduced him as Giovanni Vinci, that's for sure. Okay. Um, I noticed that one. But yeah, so later on, we do get the, the little... Uh, kind of indication after one of the segments where we've got um you know Gunther going in to talk to Adam Pierce and we didn't really get to hear a whole lot of the conversation but I think we can guess what it's going to be about so hopefully next week we'll get a little bit more details on that but after this we end up backstage with Tegan Knox and Natty and the tag champs uh the former obviously have a match tonight uh, they are coming for the tag titles after they win, though. So, you know, Chelsea's telling Natty that Tegan isn't her meal ticket, and it is time to move on. And I'm like, thank you for basically saying what we've been saying about this weird situation. Yeah, I don't care. Like, we had the party girls come out. I don't know if that's their name. That's what I'm going to call them, because Michael Cole said it one time, and it's going to stick. What the hell was this match? Like, I actually popped at the end of this match because they, they, so whatever move that they win with is called the keg stand, which is when Kaden is holding Katana on her shoulders and she's got the little handstand and, and they do the little twisting splash off of that. Evidently, that's called the keg stand. And they fucking won the match. Pretty sure that's the first match I've ever seen these women win. They literally are the best women's tag team if we're talking in a tag team sense because they literally have more tag team maneuvers than every other one of these women's tag teams combined. Like they are, like in my opinion, the only legitimate women's tag team we actually have. But they won. Match was kind of mid, in my opinion. Um, it uh, you would think it'd be much better with a veteran as Natalia, Natalia in there. Natalia, I, don't, I feel like I said that wrong twice, but I felt like it was kind of sloppy when she was in there. She hit a double power bomb spot, and these girls bonked each other's heads. I was like, you couldn't slam them at the same time, Natty. How did you slam? I don't want to call her the bigger girl, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Katana Chance is like 80 pounds soaking wet, right? So Apparently, she's the smallest woman on the roster, which, you know, as soon as they said that, the next time she stood up against the ropes, I made sure to look, and I'm like, yeah, she might actually be smaller than Kyrie. Goodness, but how do you slam her after you slam Kaden and then like basically like throw her down on top of the other girl and then they hit each other's heads like I, that was not intentional come on now Tegan basically felt MIA during this match and are they going to give the party girls the belts like Chelsea and Piper they don't seem to really be friends anymore and, and they were pushing it even more in commentary who's the leader of the team I think that's a rhetorical question. Uh, we both know who it is, Chelsea says. I was the class president in high school, and Piper's like, I'm just going to ignore that, you know? And 
Piper not really wanting to stick up for Chelsea, who's constantly getting on the edge of the ring and getting knocked off. And Piper just kind of looks at her. They got to lose these belts because they don't even really wrestle for him. Come on. Yeah, th- and that's that's my that's my other big complaint about this is like, what the fuck are we even doing with the women's tag division? I I thought it was interesting that Katana Chance and Kaden Carter won. Now, yes, I agree that they're probably the only true women's tag team that exists in the fucking roster right now. But it felt weird that they won because of how much they've built up Tegan and Natty over the last few weeks. And like they've given them segments, they've given them talking spots, they've obviously built up this thing where they've had individual matches with Piper and Chelsea and everything. Um, and then they just lose to Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Again, I... I like it because they're a tag team, but it just felt weird and kind of out of nowhere to me. And like you said earlier, where are the witches at? We got several fucking vignettes and promos of them coming for the tag titles, playing off of the whole the belt is cursed, and I wonder who would do that. Where they been? Yeah, no fucking clue. I, I feel like... The witches are probably being saved as the first heel feud to go against Bailey and Sasha when they win the tag belts. And that already tells you how far down the timeline we are because we're still waiting on Sasha's return and we're still waiting for her to reunite with Bailey. And we're still waiting on them to eventually win those tag titles back, which I think is also kind of like a slap in the face to Sasha. Like she left because of the situations of the belt. And they haven't gotten any better. And as soon as she comes back, you're going to put them belts right back on her. I I just, I feel like that's more drama than this entire tag team, women's tag team division. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know what they're doing here. And it, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I don't know what they're doing. And then like three or four weeks down the line, like things start to line up and make sense. And you're like, oh, that's what they were doing. Kind of like the Shinsuke thing of like, who is he talking about? And then like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. None of this makes sense. It literally feels like they're making it up as they go and they change their mind every week on where they're actually going. And there's just no continuity to anything. And it just, it's, they usually, WWE, I feel like out of, any wrestling promotion, except for maybe stardom in terms of like actual match content, books women the best. You know, I, I think that that's one of their big leg up on, on AEW is they book women way better. But for some reason, the, the tag division, they can't handle. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't think it's that hard either. Because, like, look at some of the men's tags. Like, look at the New Day and the Usos and the Judgment Day. Like, the Creed Brothers. Like, I don't think y'all don't know how to book tag divisions. And I don't think y'all don't know how to book women's divisions either. Because it seems you've done both of those pretty fucking well so far. How the hell are you dropping the ball here? I just don't know. Yeah, I... I don't know the dynamics of creative or producing or anything like that. So I don't know if like there's a group that handles, you know, divisions or whatever. But if there is, this one needs to be fired. (laughs) Um, 
speaking of New Day, we got a New Day Creed Brothers segment backstage. Uh, New Day's praising the Creed Bros. You know, Xavier's like, yo, my, my wrist hurts a little bit, but it's all good. Talking about the match and then, you know, the upcoming match the Creed Brothers have with uh, with the Judgment Day for the tag titles now that they are the number one contenders. And we got Shoosh Alpha Academy entering the picture as well, echoing the same sentiment, giving them their flowers. And uh, Creed Bros, as you were alluding to earlier, are saying that, you know what, Ivy Nile is our secret weapon to neutralize Rio Ripley. Maxine's been seeing all the lifts Ivy's been pulling off all over socials and is awfully impressed. But Chad, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, don't sell yourself short. You've been getting stronger now that you've been doing my squat routine, you know, following Gable Sensei's advice here. Tells Tazawa to assume the position. And Maxine (laughs) proceeds to squat Akira Tazawa for several reps as we end the segment. Yeah, they they're gold. All these parties involved, every time they are involved is a triangle of gold. Then the creeds were squatting the new day when when the segment first started, right? They're just alternating Xavier and Kofi on Brutus and Julius's shoulders, right? So they're just squatting them. And I'm glad um like Gable comes in, he hits the shoosh and Everybody stops like, what? Like, you're shooshing us? Like, I thought we were your friends. And he's like, I'm just kidding, guys. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, you got me there as well. But yeah, man, Tazawa's face as he's getting squatted, the just determination on Maxine's face, everybody watching Maxine, almost as if it's Tazawa. Like, Tazawa should have been doing the nasty dance while he was getting squatted. I don't know, man. But this was fucking gold, as always. I I just love like the second this whole group because it's become a thing now like this whole kind of like face tag group thing that that comes together and I just fucking love it like the second it comes on I immediately start smiling I know that we're going to get something good and I I'm I'm just so glad that they keep giving it to us yeah and I hope we get some of these competitors inside of the rumble match because I mean, I just can't, I mean, obviously we get Kofi every year, right? We get some type of weird Kofi spot every year. We get Otis usually. Yeah. And Otis too. Right. But what, what are like, what are they going to do this year? Like what's going to, like, I can't even imagine how, you know, Kofi's going to get back in the ring. Like, Tazawa's gonna, I don't even know, man, but I think something's gonna be in the Rumble that's going to personify this moment. Yeah, and I mean, we we know damn sure that Maxine and Ivy are going to be in it because usually they they struggle to scrape together enough women that they end up bringing up like a quarter of the uh, NXT roster for the women's Rumble. So we know they're going to be in it. Like, literally everybody in, the only one that I would say is maybe maybe not Creed Brothers because like I've literally never seen any of them in a singles match whereas I've seen Xavier Woods in singles matches I've seen Kofi in plenty of singles matches same with everybody in Alpha Academy so I could I could see Creed Brothers not being in it but I think all the all the guys otherwise should be 100% but I I think they need to have Julius Creed in there because he is him 
Uh, I think I need to go buy ridiculous, dude. I need to go buy a t-shirt or something like right now. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get to to those matches, some some segments we got to cover. We end up in the Judgment Day locker room where we got our truth setting up some old ass fucking TV. You know, he he whipping out bunny ears, whatever, man. JD flips out, tells him, "You ain't ever gonna be the Judgment Day." To get out, and Priest is like, "Yo." Ease up, bro. Like, but but yeah, leave. <laughs> Priest is bitching about Drew. Dom's like, yeah, but mommy said that we can't touch Drew. Mommy ain't here though. Neither is Finn. So Priest tells JD and Dom that they gotta handle Creed Bros tonight. Uh our truth, like I I'm so enjoying his return, and I am enjoying him in the judgment day, but also just imagine him if he was inserted into the the face tag thing more often. Yeah, what what I want to see is like we like we get the judgment day and then the artificial judgment day member of our truth in like a backstage segment talking shit to like, you know, the golden triangle of the creeds or I should say Diamond Mine Alpha Academy and New Day. That that in itself will literally explode the planet in in comedic genius. But this shit right here, man, fucking JD's pissed. Priest is like, I told you to deal with this. And R-Truth is like, I'm the one that got the bad deal on the TV. (laughs) And he calls JD McDonuts. He calls him Jackie D. Man, he's he's calling them better names than I can think of. Dude, I love it. Calling it our clubhouse, you know, we, we got to tighten security up, man. We got to get we lock the doors up on here. But Drew, I'm sorry, Priest overstepping his bounds, talking about Drew, talking about mommy, calling her Rhea, not Ma- like he says mommy, but then he says Rhea. So I feel like there's some hidden tension there. And then, you know, uh, JD and Dirty Dom are supposed to fight the creeds. He's like, you know, y'all go show him the business. And he's just standing there by himself. And he's like, we really do need to lock the doors around here, though. He smacks the TV. I I feel like there should have been something on the TV. I feel like there was, there was already a whole bunch of small hints and backstage hints and stuff like that. But I feel like that, that was an opportunity to throw in another something subtle. But eh, whatever. Yeah, and uh, you know this is going to give away the time that we're recording this, but it finally happened. The New York Yankees have officially traded for Juan Soto. I would just like to to go ahead and, and mention that. I know that means absolutely nothing to you. I don't, I don't even know baseball was going on. Don't know who Juan Soto is. I don't hate the Yankees though. I can support the Yankees. So he's he's only like. Easily one of the top three best left-handed hitters in the entire league, if if not number one. You know, uh, all the attention goes to Shohei Otani, who's more of a slugger. This dude hits for average. Um, yeah, it's it's mega exciting, and uh, this is this is one hundred percent what the pinstripes needed. So yeah, mega mega hype right now. But. We've also got another segment to deal with here. We have Cody Rhodes responding to Shinsuke Nakamura. And he comes out, he comes out in gear. So I'm like, all right, something's up. You know, some somebody, somebody's catching yeet down somewhere. There's gonna be some interesting shit. Uh it turns out no, not really. Um 
he talks, he's going on about the first time that he saw Mist from the Great Muta and how scared he was. And he calls Shinsuke out. He asks him, make your choice. You can either come and explain yourself or come fight. One of the two. This is when Shinsuke instead appears on video. He's going on through his cryptic bullshit. You know, we've shared the same story. We've climbed the mountain and ultimately we've both failed. But you have awoken me, inspired me, and I am here to unburden you. Take this story off your shoulders. I will finish your story and continue mine. Cody's like, yeah, you know, I, I, you say we're the same. I don't respect you. We're the same. Prove it, dog. Yeah, I'd like to comment. And I forgot to mention this at the top of the at the top of the show. Cause it was it that's a new raw intro. Like that was a new intro when they started the show. Yeah. I felt like. So that that was that was interesting. The fucking pyro when they started the show, that was crazy. And then the pyro that Cody got, like they I guess what they was in in where they at, uh not not Crooklyn, they was in Albany, maybe. I forget. Yeah, Albany tonight. And uh, but man, what, what they got the extra pyro budget up in New York or what? Because they went all out for Cody. That extra cold, man. They need that warmth. That's true. It is at that time of year. It is, yeah. But when he was first backstage, because they they're like, oh, we're gonna see this man next. So before the commercial break, we see Cody walking backstage, and he's in like a jumpsuit. And I was like, we didn't see that he was wearing ring pants. But I'm like, that's the first time I think I've ever seen Cody not in a suit and not in ring gear. I guess technically he was in ring gear, but I ain't never seen this man wear no, no sweatsuit, right? Like ever, but I guess he's got them New York vibes, right? Um, he hanging out with the family, I guess. I don't know. And speaking of the Shinsuke shit, I think that this video that Shinsuke did was the first time he's done a video in like eight months. I feel like every prior video he didn't even know who he was talking about. Like he, they made they they did all these videos in one day eight months ago, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, it's Cody." And then like last week, they were like, "All right, let's make a Cody video." And I did like the relation because they did have a similar story. They both did come from somewhere else. They did gain a lot of hype, a lot of traction. They did win the Royal Rumble. It was a dream match moving on to WrestleMania, and they were supposed to win the title. That is why I'm the like I shouldn't say, you know, am because it's fallen off. But that's why I was such a huge Shinsuke fan was like he literally beat Roman Reigns in that rumble. Nobody beats Roman Reigns ever, as we can tell right now. It was like 30 years ago, dude. But but it happened, right? Like it happened. And like that's not what anybody thought was gonna happen. He had the music, he had everything and yeah he lost to aj styles who's great and the way that he lost like and they showed the clip of it which i got a comment on phenomenal as michael cole said he he was gonna hit the kinshasa and fucking aj styles caught that bitch rolled through into the styles clash absolutely disgusting counter and then shinsuke randomly like turned heel and then like you know hit him in the balls and it fell off from there but i did like how they tried to relate it but yeah, you know, we're going to see Cody Shinsuke next week. I don't think it's actually going to happen next week. I did love that after the video ended and, you know, they cut back to Cody in the ring with the quickness he turned around. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, he was not going to eat another mist. Um, I don't know. I have, I have a little bit of a different take on on their progression because, like, I'm sorry. I, I love AJ. I, I'm not as high on Shinsuke, but, like, you, you can't tell me that a Shinsuke-AJ match is on the same level of a Cody-Roman match. Like, that's not even in the same fucking universe. And I think that, like, half of Shinsuke's rise was just at a time of really dark days in, in WWE's history. You know what I mean? Like, it, especially at that point where, like, you're really starting to come down. You know, you're really starting to have the decline of... Because th- this is this is, like... Now we're starting to talk decline of Cena and like that era. It was it was a heavy transition period, you know what I mean? So I don't like if you were to tell me tomorrow that the main event of of WrestleMania is going to be AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura, I would tell you that I'm not watching. Yeah, yeah, neither one of those unfortunately individuals are there. You know, uh and Shinsuke especially He's just, he's not the king of strong style anymore. They don't even know if they say that anymore, right? They just say Shinsuke. <laughs> like, occasionally man. Michael Cole will pop it out. But yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm on the same page as Cody. You know, I don't rate Shinsuke. <laughs> not, not with Cody. And I don't blame Cody for not respecting him. And you know what? Shinsuke can't prove it because Cody's going to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm what like what? Like they're gonna fight next week and I I don't think they're gonna actually have a match next week. I think there's gonna be some type of shenanigans and then what? Like Cody wins and then Shinsuke does what? And then Cody does what? He keeps talking about the Royal Rumble that he's not gonna win either. And then Cody's just going to float until, what, the Elimination Chamber in Australia where he wins to challenge Roman again, I I, I guess? Yeah, I, it's... Shinsuke's turned into, like, the ultimate filler feud at this point for the WWE, and um, I'm not really into it. Yeah, he needs he needs some time off. Like, he need, he needs some time off. Like... Let him come back after Mania, and we might, you know, we might care a little bit more. But right and, now, and with some of the people coming back, we it's doable. You know what I mean? Like with CM Punk coming back and likely being signed to Raw. I know that they're SmackDown, but we've got Sheamus and AJ Styles coming back here shortly. So like, we've got more options for filler feuds than just Shinsuke Nakamura at this point. One hundred percent. We just need to establish more heels on Raw because that that's where we're lacking. You know, we've got a ton of fucking faces on Raw at this point. You know, we're sliding Drew over to heel, but obviously much higher tier than Shinsuke. We just need to establish like one or two more rogue male heels on Raw and, and we'll be G2G, bro. Yeah, they they really are lacking in the heel division. I think somebody else has to turn. I don't know who. Or they need to bring somebody up. Braun Breaker? I don't know. I mean, I've been calling for that. I'm I'm on board with it. I mean, we got deadline this weekend to see how that goes. As long as it's not Lexus King, bro. 
No, Lex, Lex, Lexus King is staying in. I, I don't think Lexus King is making it out of NXT. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't think he is either. Um, I, I don't think anybody's sweating that one. I sure as shit ain't. Uh, uh, all right. So this is when we do have a, a quick segment of uh, Jay going into Pierce's office to check on Sammy, and and Pierce is like, "Yo, you just stay focused on tonight." And he he had the balls. Adam Pierce had the fucking cojones to call this the biggest match of Jay Uso's career, and I'm like, "Do you even know who Jay Uso is, dude?" I, I don't know what Pierce be on sometimes. You know, I think he'd just be saying things to like make himself feel powered and, and relevant. Uh, I don't know. I think Pierce is a figurehead. I think Aldis so far has been a better like general manager character than Pierce has. I feel like Pierce really be hit or miss. Yeah, and he like... I liked Pierce because, well, for the longest time, he's all we had. And he just seems like a good dude and a fun dude. And he's had, like, more of an impressive wrestling career than you would think he he did. Um, But I agree. I think Aldis acts much more like a GM. You know, like, the the things that we've seen... I would say it's declining, but like a couple months ago, like the interactions between Chelsea Green and Pierce and whatnot, um, like I don't ever see that happening with Aldis. Like Aldis asserts himself much more, whereas Pierce is is more pushovery. One one hundred percent, especially like this Aldis bloodline stuff. There's, there's, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Paul Heyman would have just smacked Adam Pierce, and he would have been okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, what do you know? What Aldis's finisher was when he was wrestling? I honestly, I I couldn't tell you. I'm gonna Google it um, as we, you know, jump into the next segment, which I believe was the tag match between Dirty Dom and Jackie D and the Creed Brothers, which, in my opinion, was just a story of him, Julius Creed. <laughs> showcasing who he is <laughs> yeah it was but i i do have a complaint and a disappointment we didn't get a back body drop to the moon from julius to to jackie d that's true that's true we we did not get that but i don't even think that was in his mind he said i'm not gonna do somebody else's bullshit i'm gonna do my bullshit which is just chucking motherfuckers and doing kip-ups i I can't even do like a regular ass kip-up bro like i I, i'd be trying that shit and i just fall right back on my back i'd be like man fuck that i'm sitting back at my computer desk bro like the guy's insane man it's just crazy like and he my complaint was it seemed maybe he was scared or hesitant to eat that poison rana, dragon rana, whatever you want to call it from JD, because there was kind of like a bit of hesitation before he took it. I mean, he still took it, still landed on his head, still looked nice. You know what I'm saying? But I felt like it could have been a little bit more fluid. That's my minor complaint. But we did have our truth. Uh, with the commentators just cheering on Judgment Day. Evidently, he had a Buffalo Bills NFL belt. I do love how they are just, 
you know, putting these in here, here and there. I love that. They must be making some, they either aren't making enough money on them, so they got to keep plugging them, or they're actually making a decent amount of money on these things. It's one or the other. And I think that they're selling. So I agree. Props on them. But yeah, uh, JD McDonald's ends up eating the Brutus ball for the one, two, three. I think one of the uh, best spots besides Julius just doing his double Northern Lights and chucking these dudes and doing his kip-ups over and over and over and over and over and over and over again was the little pass-off stalling suplex where like Brutus had it, then he handed him off to Julius, and they're holding Dirty Dom up for like a full minute in this suplex. And he's like teasing JD like, oh, oh, you're going to tag him? Nope. (laughs) So just these guys are great. Yeah, I I am so high on the Creed brothers and I love them as a tag team and I want this for a long time, but dude, Julius Julius could fucking go, man, and like he's gonna have a career in front of him as a singles competitor as well. Yeah, that's why I feel like we need to see this man in the Royal Rumble start giving him a singles taste. I I don't want his brother to fall to the wayside. I feel like his brother would be a great heel. You know, he doesn't have to talk. He's a big guy and he can just kind of, you know, smush people around. And Julius is a great comeback guy, you know, so I, I feel like six years from now, we see him split up. Imagine the matches between these two, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, as you were saying it, uh, Brutus gives me like kind of Giovanni Vinci vibes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but on NXT, I do think that Brutus is the is funnier than Julius. I will say that. Yeah, but that's that's what they lean on in NXT often is like that that brand of humor that they were doing. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like. It doesn't always carry over to the main roster as much. You know, it's a little more serious. Yes, you've got the comedic relief ones, but like it it doesn't, that can't be your only shtick, you know? For sure. And a quick side comment to talk back on uh, 6'4", 242-pound Nick Aldis. He had a top rope diving elbow as a signature, but his finisher was actually a clover leaf submission. Kind of boring, but interesting. All right. So, you know, when are we going to get Paul Heyman in one? Like, I'm just waiting for all this to do something. Like, he got RKO'd. So, I, I do think we're slowly creeping into the territory of him taking off that suit jacket. And doing something to somebody, at, at least do it to Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy would be the perfect sacrificial lamb to eat something. Um, I mean, unless it's Dom. Yeah, or or Dom, Jimmy or Dom. Those are like the best two people. Like, because it's not gonna really, if anything, it's gonna boost them higher in the category that they're currently in. Yeah, and they're both top-tier sellers, too. So, uh, Speaking of the management situation, we've got Adam Pierce seeking out Seth freaking Rollins backstage. He's like, yo, I just, I just want to let you know that uh, you know, CM Punk, I, uh, I intend to sign him to an exclusive Raw contract. Seth doesn't give a shit. But 
when CM Punk decides to show everybody his true colors and all this shit blows up. He's just telling Pierce, you know what? Stay out of my way when I got to do what I got to do. So they're they're building this up. I'm actually starting to get really excited for this feud. I think it's going to be fucking banger. I think this is going to be one of the like top feuds that we've had in a while. Um, Jay walks in on the situation just as Seth's talking about, oh, you know what? I got a big match. Jay Uso has earned this. And Jay's like, yo, yeah, I'm coming. You feel me? And says, I feel you. I'm going to stomp your face in the mat. And Jay's like, yo, I'm going to kick your face off. <laughs> so we just got a nice little showdown coming into this match that we have. My only kind of gripe, I love Seth's character now. I love the singing, the flamboyance, the the show showmanship. You know, he's a superstar, right? But not in like in like a rock star sense, right? You know, you'd be familiar with this. And it's it's great, but I feel like he literally is two per, two people. He has two personalities. He has his ha 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 ha, you know, like he's got his Seth, you know, um I don't really care. I just want to fight. But then when he gets serious, he's not he doesn't come across as a face to me anymore. He doesn't come across as a good guy. He almost come across as like mean like a heel whereas jimmy or i'm sorry jay when he's there damn i can't believe i did that when he's there and he's like you know yeah ooh, and i'm high for this match but you know and he sees seth get serious he gets serious as well but for him it it just all feels natural it all feels like it fits in with his current character whereas seth it feels like it's two what, what two feuding personalities so I don't know. Like I highly doubt that that's a play on anything of where we're going here in the future. And maybe it is. Maybe CM Punk is going to be what breaks Seth from this fun-loving attitude that he has, right? Because you know, small glimpse uh, of the match during the match, you know, they they love Jay. They're chanting "Yee!" They're going all in for him. But then when Seth is up and Seth is on top, they're chanting CM Punk. You know, so it's like if they if they feed into that, if that's where they're going, fuck, they're doing it so well. If that is just a flaw in in Seth himself or Tyler Black, or I don't have no clue what his real name actually is. Right. But if that's just a flaw in how he's portraying things, then that's then that's, you know, a complaint on my end. I just. And I'm so used to the guy being a bad guy every time he becomes serious that's all i can see whereas when jay's being serious i don't see that you know uso penitentiary you know what i'm saying i see main event jay uso still i don't know if that makes any sense but that's just my view on it and i don't i don't know i i think if you look at the grand arc of seth rollins through the years shield and so on and so forth the the visionary the 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 Messiah, all, all the 52 times you've reinvented yourself. Um, I think it makes sense because I think at this point, the version of set that we get is like an amalgamation of all of that. And, and you know, he toes the line a little bit sometimes. But to your point, like if we're going into this CM Punk, Seth Rollins feud, 
it's impossible to have CM Punk be a heel right now. It's just not like it, you. It, they could try all they fucking want. He he could insult the mother of every single fucking audience member, and they're still gonna chant CM Punk. It's not gonna work. So if they're gonna have a feud, somebody's got to be the heel. So I you know I think we're gonna end up getting a, a heel turn or of sorts from Seth Rollins, and I think that even if they didn't try to, it's going to happen naturally, just because of the how how hot CM Punk is gonna be when he comes back. I mean, he is back. And I think it's so easy to to make that snap as well because just have Seth come out there and when they're singing his song, just have him grab the mic and be like, oh, you want to sing my song now? You don't want to chant for CM Punk? And then he cut the music off. He stopped the fans from singing his song. And it's literally just that easy. Yeah, and it... it, it it would be the easiest heel turn that they currently have set up. Um, before we get to this match, we do have one other quick little backstage segment where we got uh, Jackie D over here trying to blame R-Truth for losing the match, but ultimately Dom's telling Priest, yo, the Creed bros are legit and you guys need to be careful. So, you know, I, I don't know. They're kind of kind of building this up a little bit. I don't think the Creed bros are going to dethrone them, but like, it's going to be a hell of a match and they're they're teasing that it's possible. Yeah, no, they're going to end up losing and uh, JD McDonuts is going to somehow help them. I think Rhea is going to try to get in there and she's going to get stopped. And then Dirty Dom's going to try to get in there and Ivy now is going to take him out. And while everybody's distracted, we're going to see um, JD McDonuts get in there and chop block Brutus. And then, you know, he's going to eat this out the heavens and then the stomp for the one, two, three. And that's probably how we're going to end up seeing that. But in the back of this segment, I don't know if, if you caught it, there were no no words or any real acknowledgement, but we see Gunther and Kaiser, and Gunther's tearing into Kaiser in the background. So more, you know, whatever, Imperium ship crashing signs there. Yeah, that shit died a long-ass time ago, and they're just dragging it out. Give me this potential. We'll We'll see... What you think? Five star match. This was so. I think it needed to be longer to be a real five star match. Now, the quality, the pacing, the way they took us on this journey, it kind of started slow. It went up and up and up. The near falls, the moves they were hitting, this was fucking amazing. This was the best raw match. God, since I don't know when, but man, like, and it it starts off very simple. You know, they're, they're trading pinfalls. They're trying to hit this. They're countering that they're kind of doing what they do. Um, and trying to get a buckle bomb. I think some of my hi- highlights, we got Seth, he's doing into his new repertoire now, which I'm glad he added this. He hits that springboard swanton into the lion salt. I love that as a little combo. Um, he tries to hit a buckle bomb, but ends up eating a DDT outside on the floor, which was nasty. We get the classic double cross body spot. We get <laughs> we get Jay fucking doing his little yeet uppercut after hitting a full fucking 10 second dance and just fucking jigging on him and shit. Oh, my God. And this is kind of right after that. You know, we're getting the little back and forth, the, the yeet 
hits, right? As the crowd chanting Yeet every time Jay gets a hit. But then as soon as Seth hits his flurry and he's about to, you know, be on top and gain the momentum, the crowd's chanting for CM Punk. So I, I love that, you know, the crowd fueling this whole background feud that we got going on as well. Jay hits, throws, takes the shirt off slow motion to hang it on his neck to hit the uppercut as well. We get the fucking Uso Umaga uh, hip thrust that he actually fucking murdered Seth on. Like he, it looked like he, it looked like a Tony Storm fucking hip attack. Like it looked rowdy. So I love that. We had a big ass frog splash by Seth. Nasty. We got an Uso splash. Everything was a two count. We had Seth jump doing the LA night jump to the third rope. He didn't jump all the way up there. He, you know, climbed from the second rope. Still very impressive to hit his superplex into the Falcon Arrow. He hit a pedigree. We get Uso dodging the stomp to hit a spear. We get Seth actually hitting the buckle bomb, but Jay doesn't go down and then hits a spear and a splash after that. I actually thought that. Like he might have won there. I, I I knew Jay wasn't gonna win, but how the hell do you hit a spear and then the Uso splash and he still kicks out? Hello? Oh my god. But eventually Jay goes to the well one too many times, tries to hit another spear, gets caught in a pedigree mid-air while hitting the spear, eats the stomp, one, two, three. Seth is still your WHC. We get Seth celebrating. Jay's on the outside. Claymore out of nowhere. Jay takes poor Drew out. Or Drew takes poor Jay out. Seth tries to help. Seth gets tossed. Drew picks up Uso and just throws this man through the announce table and says, the truth will set you free. He's dishing out some street justice, brother. Where's Dijak? Okay, maybe, maybe, dude, maybe we get his own little faction going on here and maybe Dijak's part of it. I don't know. Maybe he's that unnamed superstar that we're going to see on SmackDown. Um, so you said, you know, the be- best best Raw match since, I don't know when. For me, best Raw match since Gunther KO. Um, and both of those were like, they're PLE level matches, you yeah. know? Uh to me, this one flowed really well. It started fast. It it had like it's kind of like ebbs and flows. We had the big peaks. Like you know, talk talk about. I don't know how Seth kicks out of the spear into the use of splash. I don't know how Jay kicks out of a falcon arrow into a pedigree. You know, like <laughs> I this this match was fucking wild, dude. It had that ple flow and feel, and. uh I absolutely loved it. I I love both these dudes. I love Seth. I love the story stuff afterwards that we had with Drew and just like this deep seething Batman Drew that we're getting. Um, and I and I love that Seth went to help Jay. So you know, like th- this this was phenomenal. This moved everything along really well. Um, and and it capped off overall. Even though I bitched about a handful. Of th- full of things it it capped off a fantastic raw um one other thing when you're talking about the cm punk chance we didn't mention it earlier weren't there cm punk chance for drew in his match with sammy in the start of the night i don't i can't remember them during the match i know they were chanting for a cm punk just as you mentioned it when he was like i could be talking about anybody 
But I can't. Well, they uh, chanted it during the match at one point too. So like, this is like a meme thing now. They're just chanting CM Punk during any fucking match. I mean, I didn't hear it in in the other ones, right? I, I but again, you know, I, I can't remember it. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised in the Drew one or the Seth one because I feel, especially with the quote unquote drama that they're trying to start with Drew storming out and Seth being pissed that he showed up. You know what I'm saying? Just feel that shit. Bro, we're going to be getting Roman Cody and then there's going to be CM Punk chance in the middle of it. That'd be, that's, I mean, Cody was in that match too, right? We're about to get uh, Roman Randy. We're going to get CM Punk chance there too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, this is why we're, we're gonna have NXT. We're gonna have uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Braun Breaker, and we're gonna be getting CM Punk chance. Man, and I, and I'm surprised we we really haven't seen more CM Punk chance because I feel like that's what like I don't want to say dumb fans, right? But Abel's some, and CM Punk. Yeah, like yeah, like when when you just want to be part of the show. Like, I, I don't want to go on a tangent, right? Because, like, you go to a show, you enjoy it, but then there's always, like, that one guy who's, like, he came just to be on TV. He came just to hear himself. I, I don't like those people at all. Those are the We Want Tables people. Yeah, and I, and I, and I love tables, too, guys. I'm, I'm a big table guy, you know, but... At least we didn't get any table chance tonight. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, so speaking of CM Punk, he's going to be appearing on SmackDown this week, and then he will be on Raw again next week, where I think we all expect Adam Pierce to sign him. Um, you know, Fox just felt a little bit left out. They wanted to make sure they got at least one CM Punk appearance going on. I don't know what it'll be. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit of a promo that people won't hate on as much because I actually don't really feel like the last one was that bad. And we've also got Deadline coming up this Saturday, which should be pretty interesting between all the Iron Survivor stuff. And we we get a showdown between Lexus King and Carmelo Hayes. That'll be hopefully the end of Lexus King. I I hope so, but we all know that it's not. Um, I... I don't think it's going to be a super eventful slash story impactful episode of SmackDown because it is a tribute for the troops episode. I feel like we're going to see more matches than we normally see. And then, you know, CM Punk, you know, supporting America or something along those lines. I don't think we're going to see a lot of story progression in in this next episode. I could be wrong, but, you know, I don't think it makes sense to give them a whole bunch of story when, you know, they probably just want to see a bunch of wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah, true, fair. Um, One last thing before we send this home, just want to give a shout out to Wesley. You know, he uh, apparently has a severe back injury. Um, Not really entirely sure when it was sustained. You know, his, his match with the three other former North American champions. You know, he he ended up winning. He, he pulled off the cardiac kick, looked all right. I don't know if it happened in training or whatnot, but, you know, he he's going down with back surgery. He's going to be out, you know, 
somewhere in the vicinity of eight to 12 months. I'm sure he'll be back stronger than ever, but you know, not, not something you ever want to see or ever have uh, anybody go through. So, you know, uh, thoughts out to that guy. Yeah. Prayers out. Absolutely heartbreaking. I, I hope, I mean, I hope we can see him again in wrestling, but man, I just hope the kid can walk. I hope he's not in pain. I hope he can hug his wife and pick up his kids. You know, that's, you know, I just hope he can be happy is, is all we can ever hope for, for anybody. Cause fuck, that's awful. Yeah. So, you know, wrestling's real folks and it's real dangerous, but take us home a dog. Well, Upon that little bit of sad news, we hope the rest of the show did make your lives just a tad bit less miserable. We will catch you next time. We do have some Tribute for the Troops Smackdown action. We do have a little NXT action to go home episode to Deadline, which we do have this weekend. But until then, we will catch you next time. Stay safe and enjoy the day. Deuces, deuces. Peace.